Do it a little faster. <laughs> you still got it. <laughs> it's your girl Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And we are Around, Around the, the Way Curls. Join us as we share our unique life experiences, aka tell all our business, and explore both the profound and the profane. Because duality, duality is, is a thing. Yes, Hey, Queen, how are you? Oh, hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well in this evening. I am. I love that for you. Congratulations. What's crackalacking? Um, I realized that I am going to start being more intentional and creating a lot more alone time by myself. I find when I don't have work to do, um, if I'm not, if Jojo's with her dad, I will hang out with friends. I'll hang out with my partner. Like I'll find a way to socialize in a way. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to work on messing with myself really heavily. And I'm going to create more dates to be by myself. Mm. And I'm going to go to a concert in Philly as well by myself that I'm very excited about. And I think I'm going to go to dinner first and then oh. the concert. Oh, where are you going to go take yourself to eat, queen? I don't know. I have to think about that. But I don't want to try to like make this a habit. I feel like I'm, I don't have, in my review of 2022, I don't have enough time for review. It's always mm. forward. I don't have enough time to... What just happened? What am I doing? How am I doing it? Is that is this even working anymore? So I want to create more moments where I can just sit and create new processes of review for myself and my relationships and like tap debrief. in just a little bit more. Yeah. And I'm really excited about it. And I felt like guilty that I wanted to do that or like resistant to that because it means that some other part like I don't have a lot of free time. So the free time that I have, I'm also not offering it to other people socially. And I've been feeling guilty about that. But um, what did she say? In order to multiply, you got it. What, what Laura Hill say? In order to, mm, someone with math. It's a math problem, <laughs> but you got to go in. In order to multiply, you got to go in. So that's what I think I'm going to do. What'd she say that on? What song was that? It's a biblical term. You know, Lauren got real heavy into the Jesus and the Bible. In oh. order to succeed, I must succeed. In order to succeed, right. girl, she was <laughs> rapping or she was singing. Who knows? Who knows? Okay. She, okay. she speaks very quickly, raps very quickly, sings very quickly these days. It's she, really getting true. Oh, well, she does that because she doesn't own her masters. And to. it does. Why didn't anybody buy them for her yet? All these black billionaires ain't not shit. Good question. Good Why question. wouldn't Jay and so them have bought her music back? Normally. So she yes. could just take a breath. So <laughs> she, it wasn't a house song. She'd be singing so goddamn fast. I, I hate poor this song. Thing. I know. I will never forget seeing her in Barbados and being like, and I was, I didn't know that that was what it was going to be. Like and she. I was so upset. 
I said, what? What happened? Why is she singing Zion like that? My heart is Zion. It says Zion. It says Zion. It's a wild wild time. Um, Anywho, I'm trying to find this so I can say that. I sent it to you now. (sighs) How are you? I'm good. I'm trying to. Oh, here it is. All right. I'm well. I um, I'm gonna start with the second one that I have there. I've been thinking a lot about epigenetics. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you laugh at that? (laughs) Like why? Anyway, I didn't know that word until Hey Friend Hey sent it to me in a DM, and I was like, Mm. "What?" And I looked it up and said, "Wow, that's it." And I wrote her back and said, "That's it, girl." And she was responding to a post that Earn Your Leisure posted. You know what that is? Mm-mm. I love Sounds you. Capitalistic as hell, though. Sounds it like it's a grind a culture. Very. Podcast. It's a very successful podcast. And um, anyway, they posted a clip talking about the middle class and how the middle class is probably the worst thing that could have ever happened for most people. And I, it perked my ears right away. Like, huh? And basically what they were saying was that the middle class gives you this false sensehood, what? False sense of uh, safety and security. And so what happens is you get stuck in this, in this pattern of I go to work, I do a good job, you know, I go do a good job, I get a paycheck, and then I make enough sacrifices while I'll, I'll be able to maybe take a vacation and enjoy the fruits of my sacrifices and my labor, which is my job. And then I'm going to rinse and repeat until I die. Maybe I'll get a pension, but that whole thing. Right. And so it doesn't often allow or not allow, but encourage people and even allow because they're the middle class is a trap, but encourage people to see beyond those possibilities for themselves. And so they talked about this, um, what's it called this experiment where these scientists had these flies in a jar and you may have heard of that and the flies are flying around in circles banging their head on the top of the jar and then they're doing it again bang their head on the top of the jar until they slowly learn do not go higher than that higher than x because you're going to hit your head on the jar after a while the scientists as a part of the experiment they take the jar off they take the lid off the jar Flies are flying around and they're waiting for the fly to fly out the jar and it never does it. It never goes past where that lid was for them. It learned that there is a glass ceiling that they can't get past. And so then they even went on to talk about how those that they actually pass that on to their children in certain situations where then the baby flies will do the same thing. And they'll never fly past it. And so that's when Fran wrote epigenetics. And so I've been thinking a lot about that and it's been fucking my head up. And after I watched that clip, I felt choked up, Hmm. like really choked up. And I think a part of me was caught up in, wow, I I know that what that sense of security is. I talked last week about, I almost, I almost gave it up and then was like, oh, wait, what if I get sick? I need benefits. What did this happen? What did it and maybe they're going to change things. But also, I, I have people in my life like a Mandy, like a Fran, like a Jade, who have all been like, mm, I quit. I'm out. I'm not playing your game. I see more for myself. 
that lid is no longer on this jar or I banged it off and I'm going to create a different life. And so I was down on myself because I, I was asking myself, why don't you see that for yourself? Why don't you have that courage? Everyone around you is telling you how magnificent you are, how talented you are, how you could do it in a heartbeat. And then I had to ask myself, is it that I'm afraid of the success? Is it that I don't think I'm worth it? Which one is it? Or is it something else? And I really, for the first time, which it probably doesn't sound like I'm about to say that I had a win from this discovery, but the win was I knew I was extraordinary. For the first time, I was clear. Like, that ain't it. I know I deserve it. Mm -hmm. I know that when I show up, even if it's in a podcast space, the conversation automatically gets more intentional, right? I know that when I show up at work, my shit is going to be tight and you're going to know what the hell is going on. My, my projects are going to come in on budget or below and on time and done well. I know all these things. And I think that I have, and, and what I would, would maybe deep dive further was that I had to ask myself then, what is the fear? And I think the fear is around, I don't think anybody else really sees them, sees them, sees my like intangibles and knows how to place value on them so that I benefit financially. I think they just know how to exploit them. Mm. You know, I think they, they see like, oh, you're, you're really talented. And then, you know, I'm going to use that or I'm going to this or I'm going to that. It's very interesting. And I'm not talking about those three people that I just mentioned to make it very clear, but I, I see that more. And I'm like, I haven't figured out how to assign value to that, partly because it feels kind of gross um, and demand it mm. and trust that I will get it because mm-hmm. other people will respect it, it, respect it for its value. Mm-hmm. So I still have work to do, but it's not where I was where I didn't even see it. Mm-hmm. That was very long-winded. No, but I had to tell my quite story. Quite a revelation. Yeah. And on another note, I have inside information that Jonathan Majors is now single. <laughs> Just an FYI. <laughs> I ain't going to say who had told me. Girl. But somebody had told me that their photographer who did a shoot with that man was asking him about his love life. And he was like, oh, no, I'm single now. And so he has not made this public. probably just doing PR stuff too, though. First of all, she wasn't interviewing him. She was just the photographer. They were having a side conversation. She just told all his business. And I, you heard it here first, exclusive. Matter of fact. He's going to be at Sundance. He's doing, it's really interesting. He's doing some type of a panel with the woman that does nap ministry. The oh. Oh, I should know her name and I apologize, put some respect on her name. She has a great platform and agenda. But Rasheed's going to Sundance too. And I was like, yo, Rasheed, like Shanti, could you, you maybe give up my number? On. Yeah. <laughs> Rasheed. She was like, I would really want that experience for you, but then I'd be mad. Like he will block. Like, let, me, let me just 
There right, should give be give my number. Just give there, my number. <laughs> there should be some passes given out. There Would you be give some him passes. one? Of course. Of course. Absolutely. You see me of along, course. go after it. You'd be a fool. I'd be mad if you didn't. But I'm like, go give him my number. He ain't okay. doing that. Rashi said no. Tell him I said I ain't Diddy and you ain't Carisha. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Interesting. Well, Anyway, something that I've missed quite a bit is listening to our Roundaway Curls listeners. I've really missed voicemails, and I did not think we were going to have one voicemail because we were on the break, and we have a bunch. And so I'm going to play them. I'm very excited, even though it's not coming up on my phone. Oh, here it is. And so this is the first one, and they happen, I believe, to be talking about Sable. This is, this is funny. Hi, uh, Shanti and Antoinette. This is Bria calling from Pittsburgh. I've been meaning to call you guys um, during the Christmas holiday um, because I have a bone to pick. And maybe you can explain, maybe I'm overreacting. The Christmas song, Santa Baby. The opening line is, can you put a sable under the tree? Like Shanti's. Sable Collective, which she explained meant dark pigmentation. So when I heard that, it made me want to boycott that song because what are you putting underneath the tree, honey? Um, so if you guys maybe had an idea or wanted to elaborate on that, but yeah, no, we're not putting no sables underneath no white woman's tree. So try again, baby. But Happy New Year, and um, hope to hear you guys, hear back from you guys. Right. Thank you. I love her. She do say that. She says, Santa, baby, That's put not a what little the... sable under first... the tree. So first of all, <laughs> that's not the definition of sable. That I think they were using sable also has a second meaning, and it is a weasel with a short tail and a dark brown fur that's native in Japan and Siberia, and it's highly valued for its fur. It's like a chinchilla. Right. So I think, and, and <laughs> the song originated by Earth the Kid, who was black. And so I don't <laughs> think that she was saying, yeah, put a put a black person under the tree. I love that. I love that. But I love the commitment to the community and protecting (laughs) said community. She was ready to boycott one of the best songs of all time now. (laughs) So here we go. I say, okay, but to to sum that up, Shanti had the people going. All right, here's another one. Hey, y'all. So I'm going to comment on episode 227, the free speech and polyamory one. So I want to possibly introduce a term to you all called solo poly, which is people who are open to dating or engaging in multiple meaningful relationships without having a primary partner. So I'm solo poly, and in this dynamic, I'm free to have multiple partners completely independent of each other. They may know about each other, but don't know each other. So y'all remember the remake of She's Gotta Have It? Kind of like that before she introduced everybody. This is what I would more accurately describe as Diddy's harem. The typical depiction of polyamory is something like sister wives, but there's many variations. Now, I think Carisha and some of the others are suffering from a touch of main character syndrome. I do think jealousy is certainly at play, 
Plus, Carisha still feels the need to go toe-to-toe with everyone on Twitter instead of taking the Beyonce route and just never addressing anything. Because like Shanti said, we don't really know what he's telling these other women, and we don't know what the agreement is. But also, Internet, like you said, if this were a sister-wise type of situation where they all had a relationship with Giddy and one with each other, yes, very messy. Anyways, love y'all. Always tuned in. Until next time. Okay. So she said that she was, it's called solo poly, which um, is when people are open to dating or engaging in multiple meaningful relationships without having a, like, main partner, private partner. I'm here for it. We got we to gotta run this back. You Remember we had, back. A, we had a Christina Jackson on. Yeah. She talked about... um. Polyamory. Polyamory. Yeah, we gotta Yeah, I think it would We've be evolved. Yeah, fruitful to maybe have her on again. I don't know. I mean, I actually know someone who is in a poly relationship and is not even um his his lady, who is his main partner, he does have a main partner, they don't engage with each other sexually at all. But outside of that, they do. I, I, but they are very much committed to one another and very happy in that relationship. So I, I think it's just another testament. Yes. It's another testament. One, that sex is not the entire relationship. And that two, it, these relationships do not have to look the way we think they do to be happy, healthy, and functioning. So interesting stuff. All right. Next up. Hi, ladies. I was calling in because this is not to provide an episode. I'm sorry. I don't have one, but I did want to comment on the Trevor Noah commentary on black women. And it was specifically what Shanti was saying, that how Trevor loves black women for the things they do, but they don't make your dick hard. And I think that's a place to look at or examine because I think if we're placing the worth of our um, influence on men or even black men on the things we can do for them, then we have to examine, of course, they're not really looking for a mom or a workhorse. They want someone that they love. And so I think it really comes down to examining the worthiness you feel as a person, like, in other words, I have more to offer regardless. I don't need to provide all this, quote, unquote, labor. So that is why my man gets hard for me because he didn't – he wasn't looking for somebody to provide work. He wanted someone that he could love, talk with, get along with, interact with, and all these other things that we do provide just as beings. And I think it's women, and we tap into we tap into who we are as our being versus what we can do in a sense of what this is where my worth is. Then I think there will be a lot less of that. Um, oh yeah, she's she works so hard, and I respect her. But yeah, I don't want to fuck her. And it's like, yeah, because he didn't sign up for that. He wanted a companion, you know. And so I think it really takes for us as black women to examine what we have to offer just on GP as a woman, our essence, our very nature of just being and existing, and that's what we need to be resting in and not coming to the table trying to prove that we're worthy to be around and to be loved. So that's all I just wanted to add. Take care. Love y'all. 
Chanti. I like that. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, I know that there's a lot of folks that um, I still feel strongly about what he said and appreciate what he said. Um, that didn't change for me. I, I do think the two things can exist at once and that, um, you know, it's interesting if we're, I get that generalizing. <laughs> no, I get the general idea around it, right? But if we're being specific to Trevor Noah, it did bring me into, well, is that true? Does he not date black women? And so what I found to be interesting is that he did date black women, but they don't look like phenotypically what we would consider to be black women. So then it took me to, well, wait, does that mean like, how are we classifying black and what, what would then, what, what kind of black woman would he need to date for us to then believe that he doesn't value black women as, as workhorses only. Um, and, and I, I get it. I, I get it, but I, I just found it interesting that some of these women, you know, one woman is black and Albanian, one woman is South African. Um, and if she lived in America, it, we would probably, we would call her black. She looks like a, a mixed lady. Um, and then, yeah, there's some white women too. So it, it's just interesting. But regardless, I think more of the commentary was also around him saying to listen to us, to this, to that. And that does require us to then educate yada, 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 yada. Um, and I guess I say us kind of loosely because, too, because in some spaces I do feel like because these women don't look a certain kind of black, they're not included in that group. No, but also those, those phenotypes do matter because there's a proximity to whiteness and conditioning is very real. So it, it's very nuanced and very layered. Yeah, no, it's very nuanced. And that all of it, I don't think any of them, or maybe they do, but the canceling out, the way we want to cancel stuff out. I, I, I think my um, immediate response to Trevor Noah is to, to have all that he said be canceled out because he doesn't date phenotype, like he doesn't date a black, black women, mm -hmm. um, dark skin black women. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess that's wrong. I'm not it's saying wrong. it's wrong. I guess, no, I, I know it is. I know that you have to be able to carry many things at once. And I think that I can't wait to talk about this in a further uh, episode on how painful that is in a particular way. And, mm -hmm. and I like how you have to have such maturity and strength in a particular way to be able to hold all of those truth at once. And I mm -hmm. think it's easier. I don't know. I don't know. I it, Again, it's easier for me to be like, yeah, but, and dismiss everything that he said, because I, I can't necessarily hold it. hold all of that at the same time. And, and that's a reality for a lot of, for a lot of people. Um, I don't know. It's it just could something be true. very powerful. What you say, it could be hella true. It could about be him. true. It could <laughs> be true. I, I just think there's something powerful or there's something around Barack and Michelle Obama's relationship mm -hmm. on him being with Michelle Obama and how she looks that 
gives him credibility in a way I don't know he would have mm. received if he were with someone that looked like you or somebody that would look like me. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's just um, more of the same. That's kind of fucked up, but it means something. It means some these symbols, these decisions that we make, the words that we use. It's all, it all means a lot and means nothing at the same time. And the fact that those two things you have you to carry is, is why we're here y'all. But yeah, I love that. Thank you for, for that comment. That was great. Okay. Next up. Hi guys. Um, this is my first time calling. I don't usually do stuff like this. I just listened to the episode when you guys talked about Megan Markle and I'm very upset. Um, it's the tone for me. Meghan Markle, she really suffers with denial. She says, I was never treated like a black girl, as if like, like as if she's not black. Her mom has brown skin and she has locks but it took for her to get to London to know that she was black. (sighs) It just really upset me and I had to call because I just want to know if we have to identify as people treat us. That's just what I want to know. Love you guys. Bye. Do we have to identify as how people treat us? Yeah, instead of like, what she's saying is Megan, I think I think what she's alluding to is that because Megan was like, I was never treated like a black girl, that she never identified as black. Even though what are, well, you're shaking your head. I don't no, know. What you mean. Yeah. I mm-hmm. I believe her. You believe I believe her. Who? I believe Megan in that. In that um we're, we're also limiting what being treated oh as black is. And I, I can't, I can't not mention that. I get it. I know, I know what we, what we mean when we say that. Cause I intrinsically feel it too. Of like, girl, what? How the fuck you hear that? And it's like, don't we all have this common experience? And then you didn't. And that's kind of what I spoke to is like, that's the frustration that comes up with in me, but that's my shit. It's not her experience. And like it's we said, her, her mom is black. She is black. Still. Her mom is and it's a still black a black experience. Who was called the N-word in the car and said nothing. With her daughter and said nothing. Never addressed it. What the fuck? Like what? Do you have to understand the level of cognitive dissonance that has to that or the ulterior world that they were living in, that that would have happened, and you never talked to your daughter about that. I don't think that she ever felt like she needed to. I think the thing that was, everybody took that clip and they ran with it. The thing that was most concerning for me was that the only black person in Megan's life was Tyler Perry and Serena Williams. All of her childhood friends, Nothing all of her crazy. main ace boon coons, are, they're, they're all white. It's a culture that's yeah. cultural. She's mm-hmm. culturally white regardless. And I think that's we have to understand. 
I mean, Yaba oh. wrote the one drop rule, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what makes you black? What makes you black? Culturally, she was raised like a white girl and she was around white people that never, she never had those kind of, or she never interpreted whatever microaggressions that did occur or ever reminders of her difference. She didn't interpret it as her being othered as black. So yeah, that's just her experience. It was really interesting. I oh, I forgot this woman's name, but I was listening to this other woman try to create parallels between Meghan Markle's experience and Meghan The Stallion's experience in that within the black community, we aren't believing these women's experiences. We're dismissing them somehow, both of them. And Meghan, we are upset at, Meghan Markle we can't believe that girl how don't you know that you're black you're from this place of privilege Mm -hmm. you are you know disassociated something's wrong with you we don't but how could you not we don't believe you we don't believe your experience we don't respect it we we don't we don't honor it like we don't honor it we we don't hold space for you in the same way that you know blatantly we didn't do the same thing from Megan the Stallion. And I, I don't know how parallel those things are in circumstance. Um, one is far more obvious and violent than the other, but it was interesting that she brought that up. And mm. yeah, I, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Me neither. I just, I just know again, it, it goes back to my daughter's experience. If I were a different mom, if Jolie were had a different ex, different family dynamic, friendship dynamic, she was just different. And she grew up and continued her education in the white space that she's in, being as though Jolie Jolie's, you know, fairly racially ambiguous in a way, right? Like I wouldn't be surprised if her I, her conception of who she was weren't different like her not thinking that her making herself different from black people i i know she i I can see how it's very possible Mm. especially in a woke now that we're extra woke now it's like i can definitely see that being possible so i'm i believe megan i it's it's crazy i can't necessarily even empathize with it but i i believe her i can't wrap my head around it but yeah. yeah. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for calling. Um, there are a couple more that we'll probably play next week. Um, but Chanti, can you take us out for our break, please? After these messages, we'll be right back. Oh. Boop. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. And uh, we are back. Um, y'all, like we said last week, we are giving you a full week of hot topics. And the first one up is George Santos. <laughs> Crickets. Back you probably that. don't even know who the fuck that is. But George Santos, uh, this is our politics as usual portion. Uh, he is, <laughs> he is a re- representative. Um, he is a Republican representative from New York city excuse me state not city and he is a liar oh he lies oh he, he, he the nigga that told was people lying. that he was jewish <laughs> he told That's them crazy. he worked in certain places <laughs> he ain't work yet so all my life i had to fight <laughs> they just went through his entire resume and it was a lie the whole thing is a lie so i need to research more into all of these lies because i i really want to i really want to know all the things because we really need to break down like the psyche of someone who does this and if you look at him he's insane you can see it that he's lost his mind he also when he voted for uh kevin mccarthy did the white power symbol when he voted you didn't see that no Oh yeah, it's pictures. The picture went. Oh, you sure it wasn't the, the black mic. power symbol that he was? No, it wasn't this. It might have been the black power. It was like <laughs> it was like, like some kind of like three finger <laughs> thing that's supposed mafia. to signal white power. So, I had gang signs, George. Listen, Republicans. Some Republicans are calling for him to step down because they're just like, all right, it's a. This is really making us look bad. But most of them are not. Most of them are like, do, 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 do. And they ignored him during the, during the voting for House Speaker. They just didn't sit with him. He was sitting by himself. I said, this is so ghetto. But I'm going to do my research and come back with more information because we really need to break this down. The, the, uh, Chanti, you were going to pass. Like, he convinced people. He had... Uh, he convinced people he was Jewish. You a liar, a cheater, a deceiver. <laughs> he had mad breaker. people donating to his. <laughs> George crazy. George <laughs> like that black kid campaign. that kept uh, opening up the clinics. <laughs> the doctor. He just <laughs> he got went locked back. up again. <laughs> he he just went in. back for fraud. Like this boy help. He's not well, and he <laughs> he's is actually as well. brilliant. Right. He's, he's a- gifted, and we need to put his. <laughs> incentivize him differently what's sad though didn't he pose as a um, gynecologist so women were like going to him 
Was I it think a he gyne- I No, I think feel he, he was like a cardiologist. He no, was like a neuroscientist. He couldn't have been a cardiologist. <laughs> he opened a whole clinic, my nigga. A whole clinic. He, and had he was employees. like 12. We wish. <laughs> what have we done with ourselves? Uh, he is like the hip bone is connected to the thigh <laughs> bone. Thigh bone. <laughs> and here is an aspirin and a Flintstones vitamin. <laughs> vitamin. That'll be $70,000. Get out of here. Drink a sea moss. You're looking inflamed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let me, I got to refer you to Dr. Sebi. Hold on. I'll write a script. Let me call. (laughs) Let me call him. Meanwhile, you did. Anyway. I got to, I need a referral from Dr. Umar. Hold on. Uh, First of all, real fast, (laughs) real fast. This is an aside, but did you see Dr. Umar's new, his, you know how you're like, we always, we need to have strategy around what we're posting. We need to have what strategy. What he say? Don't put some respect on the name. What do he say? Dr. Umar is promoting something, either some talk or some, something that he's doing. And he found a video of a white woman on a horse. I sent it to you. Oh, a no, white what? woman on a horse with her, her um, pants super low where her butt is jiggling. And it's a black man looking at it. And then all of a sudden, Dr. Umar comes up behind him <laughs> and grabs him. And then the guy has a daishiki on it. And Dr. Umar is like, join me at da, da, da. like he's And he's, he's like brilliant. the king. He's adapted the King Kong of consciousness ever since Charlemagne said it. <laughs> he's like branding himself as I that. I Watch said, Dr. Umar. Win. He about to come out with a podcast. Hey, do he have a podcast? Yet? I'm sh- uh, there is no way in hell Dr. Umar is not sitting on somebody's microphone and talking his shit. I know shit. he's on and podcast. need to read it or listen to it. See. Well, he is opening the schools to all you naysayers. It is opening. So. <laughs> right. So donations open that were budgeted out. That school is it's like she by Sheree. Don't play with me. <laughs> hey, shit ain't never, I- never pop it off. Anyway. No laughing matter and something that I'm really um, interested about how we can uh, organize, strategize behind a bill called the Equal Act that would have impacted racial disparity in cocaine crimes in the U.S. died in the Senate. As most people know, hopefully the convictions for crack cocaine versus powdered. Oh, why would you do that? Why would you do that? (laughs) Wait, I'm so sorry. You went out of order, so I was taking the other one. It's okay, but it's all right. Why I know, but we're gonna give this to Monty and he's gonna follow along instead of us writing those notes. So that's why I was just changing it. I apologize. But I didn't realize it would shoot up. Go ahead, girl. I'm really sorry. I don't know where it is. No, you just what do you mean you don't know where it is? It's right on it's a Google Doc. Scroll up a little bit. And you uh went up. Okay, there we go. I apologize. Go ahead. Do you want to put the time in there? No, I think that was actually authentic. It shows our friendship and how we work together and <laughs> solve. That's fine, Monty. Um, for those of you who don't know, in the U.S., the convictions for crack cocaine versus the power to reform of cocaine are not equal. The sentencing greatly affects black men more than their counterparts with higher and longer sentences um, for the same pharmaceutical substance basically. And so a lot of people have been rallying to get this bill passed. A lot of former convicts have been showing up and petitioning for this. I don't know the political word for that. Um, 
but it did not pass. And many folks, they just can't blame on Republicans. They say the passing of the bill was a failing of both the Democrats and the Republicans. Kevin King, this is a reporter from NPR, says both parties bear some blame for the bill's demise. Republican opponents in the Senate refused to fast track the legislation. This goes back to what we, I guess, talked about before in the earlier episode with this bill. They didn't want to fast track it, um, but Democrats controlled the House and it was not passed. And so... Kevin King, a lot by the of way, people, is a congressional staffer on the Republican Party. Go ahead. Okay. A lot of people, um, a lot of families, we were really hoping that this would pass because it would work retroactively mm-hmm. and almost like 8,000, up to 8,000 folks would be freed had this passed, but now they're still serving these long um, convictions. And Attorney General Merrick Garland instructed prosecutors to charge crack and powder cocaine crimes the same way moving forward starting this month. But again, the policy doesn't apply to people already in prison and it's not like safeguarded. It could change at any time. So I feel like this is this makes me really, really sad. This is if we want to be all hotepi, this is the impact of this is very costly on our community. I feel like we're always talking about as women not having even enough partners. If that's if you're heterosexual looking for partners, um, it just makes the pool so much smaller and not in terms of just like finding a mate, but the amount of children whose fathers are then incarcerated, their brothers, their sons. It's just if this were changed, I'm really curious as to how that could impact the community of course if they're convicted you still have to serve time and I don't know if that um is a good thing or the fact that we are going to convict powdered cocaine the same crazy sentences that we do crack cocaine I don't I don't actually don't know if that's what they're trying to change if they're trying to make the sentences um shorter for crack cocaine similar to the powder or they're trying to make the powder cocaines longer but a lot of the Republicans are saying, oh, you know, especially with the war on drugs in Mexico, we don't want to make we don't want to show any leniency. Although, again, the people the most impacted by this are not Mexicans. They're not people crossing Mm -hmm. the border. These are people in our urban communities. So I was curious with you, Antoinette, to help me understand the steps that could possibly be taken with something that feels so specific, that something that feels so like we can definitely direct our energy around bringing this up again. What can people do personally to demand that this be passed? Like this feels like something I'm trying to understand, like who would I need to talk to? Yeah. I'm trying to say like, who would I need to talk to? You need to talk to your state Senator because it died on the Senate floor. Okay. Well, so I think you, this is something that everybody it passed this, in the house. I'm I'm trying to understand why I, I'm doing. I'm literally skimming an article right now. I didn't know this, um, and so do you know why it failed on the Senate floor? Well, it says that the Republicans op- opposed it. Their argument was that it they didn't want to fast track it, and they have you know Republicans. It's always this war on drugs. I don't know why the Democrats. What the fuck they did? I don't know. So how they it, dropped it the says ball. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, who is d- Democratic, a co-sponsor of the legislation, so he's behind it. Promised Cory Booker to make, was behind it. Yeah, promised to make the Equal Act 
equal act a top priority after failing to give the bill a floor vote. So they didn't even vote on it prior to the midterm elections. Chuck Schumer and congressional leaders attempted to include compromise language agreed to by Senate Judiciary Judiciary Chairman Dick Durbin, yada, 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 yada. But that was ultimately blocked by the devil himself, Mitch McConnell, despite co-sponsorship of 11 members of his own party and support from law enforcement, civil and civil rights leaders in his home state. Barring a miracle, this means the Equal Act will die in the Senate and thousands of families. Yeah, so it died in the Senate as a result of Mitch McConnell blocking it. <sighs> well, this is something that is important call to Call your me. senators. And um, yeah, I feel like this, a lot of, if there's a way to kind of um, magnify this and bring this to people's attention, I think this is really, really important um, as a black issue. Uh, speaking of black issues, child. Oh man, Twitter. I don't know nothing about Twitter, but apparently Twitter is a blaze. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter is a blaze. The black women are really, really upset arounding all this controversy for Miel Organics Natural Hair Company. Apparently, recently, a white TikToker shared. She had about. Um, she had millions of followers. Mm -hmm. She shared the Miel Rosemary hair growth oil and got all of her followers interested. And so what ended up happening was black women who normally go and buy this product, they it could not be found on their shelves. And so I heard even before um, this other information that this growing conversation around once white people, white girls take a hold of anything, you know, black people the demographic for which that product was intended is the one that's going to be um robbed and they really need the hair product yada 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 it was intended for them and then just today i learned that miel organics sold their company to procter and gamble the um, founders are maintaining positions as ceo and coo but Basically, it's going to be under the Procter & Gamble uh, Corporation, which is huge, global, mm -hmm. just crazy big. And the reason that they want to do that is to um, scale up, be able to distribute it, be able to have all of the logistics needed um, under the umbrella of that financial, uh, under Pro Procter & Gamble, because, you know, even as big as they were, they're still a small business and they just, they needed that financing. And also she probably walked, they both walked away with probably a lot of fucking money from that, hopefully. Um, and so everybody's mad. A lot of people are upset. Um, there's saying that they sold out, saying that there was really short-sighted of the, the original owners and they don't have any sense of how to actually create wealth and again can i read some people. of these um things yes please miel whose products actually work and um i'd specify for type four hair is and she wrote this crazy and so for white women to white women and then for them to sell out to procter and gamble we can't have shit in in this house and somebody else says 
Miel being acquired by uh, Procter and Gamble is expected, but she said it's to increase availability and that formulas will not change. Hmm. Okay. So thanks to white women with 3 million followers on TikTok, yada, 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 white women have a whole hair care aisle dedicated to their hair type. And this just wasn't enough. I see I'm over black sellouts and black capitalists marketing to black people. So they're going in on this. I did not know. I did not know that they were going to stay on as COO and And they make a promises of being a part of Mm -hmm. creating resources for other black businesses and, and helping other black businesses. Um, and again, saying that they're not going to change the formula and, um, yeah, just staying by their brand and just saying that this was just a, a, a business move that they, if they're staying on and they, it's not like they sold their company and they have nothing to do with it anymore. And I think that's what people are responding to. And I think that's what people are thinking is what happening. If they're staying on so that they can be more readily available to folks. Well, I think the fear is, and we've all experienced it. I I don't know that their fear is um, unwarranted. Shea Moisture, Carol's daughter, you know, Carol's daughter was very. They're not, they didn't stay on, did they? I don't know if Shay, I think either way, it's, it's something that has happened where these products that gained their initial, they were invested and blew up and were beloved by black women specifically. Like we bootstrap, we were the ones that helped you come up off your bootstrap and this is how you repay us with like these products that don't even help us anymore. These were godsends at one point. It's really hard to be, to have 4C hair, 4B hair, really kinky hair, and then find these products. You give them your money, you know, you feel like you're supporting a black business and they turn around and like, not you putting silicone in it, not you like putting these terrible products in it. And I, I don't think that that, I don't think those fears and those worries are misdirected or I do think those fears and worries are misdirected. I don't think that there's anything wrong with them. I think those are valid feelings, but I think it's misdirected to put it on white, the white TikTok influencer and also to be mad at the business and put this idea of them selling out. I think what you should be mad at is just the way capitalism works like that's capitalism in their fucking that is the american dream miel just achieved Mm. what every startup company dreams of doing that's what you say but you also then talk about dismantling it and you know i'm just saying don't be mad don't be mad at don't be mad that the dog bit you like that's what the dog does it's yes, but capitalism you're also is playing for growth. With the dog. I, I, I'm I'm more shocked that people again, I, I keep trying to verify that they're staying on as CO and COO because I think if they just sold it, yeah, they're not they don't have any control over the company, they don't have control over what happens and the product surely will go to shit because it will be less expensive to manufacture them and get them out. So I feel like they're 
their outrage is um, misinformed and a little bit ignorant. If the products, if this is really like Procter and Gamble are going to get a cut, but we're going to be able to be in more stores, more locations and have more products and have more outreach for black business. That seems like a great deal and a great partnership. Yeah. But when you sell, when you sell your company, I don't know if you have that. Well, that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to, it all depends. You don't know what deal they have. Some people sell their company and they sell it and they're gone. They take the money, they're out. They don't own it Mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't know if that's really what's happening here. We don't know what their contract says. We don't know if they have to approve yada, yada, yada. We don't know. They're vowing that certain things won't happen. So let's see. But I, I think it's interesting how even last week, how we talked about, and especially with you as a businesswoman, we talk about, um, we were making fun of like Diddy and Carisha. I'm making fun of them, but discussing them and saying, you know, we don't want to dismantle the thing when it's really time to dismantle the thing. We were even talking about Tory Lanez going to jail and, and, you know, then we're talking about abolitionists and how they felt a way about that. And so do we really want to dismantle jails? Do we really want to do that? So now I come here and I pose the question to you and not in a, not in a gotcha moment way, but I'm really curious to know how you hold those two things at once. Like we discussed as being a businesswoman and having the business model of making more profit than what, than what the pro you know, I'm selling this product at a higher rate. And then if this opportunity came your way, would you take it? It's it's peak capitalism. I think it's what your goal is as the owner. I think it's the values, the foundation of what you're trying to do with your business. If you're, if you're capitalism, the idea of selling something, Mm -hmm. a transaction isn't intrinsically evil, right? Uh But if you're making a product at the expense of exploiting the labor, exploiting the land and making it never ending like my growth needs to be never ending each year I need to make and I want to make and I'm going to make and I'm considered a failure if I don't make the same or more than I made the year before then you are intrinsically caught up in an unsustainable capitalist system that is inevitably going to exploit people is going to inevitably exploit the land and inevitably you don't necessarily have the customer at your best interest your best interest is your profit your best interest is your shareholders if that's the way your business is set up and that's how in America that is the way that that is the business model that we aspire to like they did it that's the business model that most people aspire to. So you're people saying don't that, aspire to. How do you say the company? I'm sorry. How do you say this company? Miel. Miel. They the, did it. They did what most. They did people what are, you're saying that they're. No. They, they, yes, they did. The thing is that you start up. You do a startup. You work really hard. You create your operations and systems in a way that you can manufacture. You get a distinct market that you sell to. And then what they tried to do, what they proved to Procter and Gamble, or what I don't know if Procter and Gamble is pushing towards, we're going to expand this market. I want to be able to give this shit to as many people as possible, white, black, Puerto Rican, Asian, straight hair, kinky hair. I don't give a fuck. My objective is I want to get it to as many as people as possible indefinitely. 
I want to take over the whole entire thing. And that's the kind of why does joining with Procter and Gamble mean that, though, that that they want to take over the whole thing. And I mean, maybe it's not what their incentive is, but that's normally what a business if you can expand your market, why wouldn't you? What would you? I consider doing the, I don't want to be a a corporation. I don't want investors. I don't want to have a million. I don't want to be a target. I don't want, I don't want to be a McDonald's. I don't want a franchise. Mm -hmm. Would I want to have one business in Philly, one business in Atlanta, one business in New York? Sure. That sounds wonderful. But the way my business is set up that with small makers, I don't expect them to be able to scale up to 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 send their products to a hundred million people. I think I'm trying to find a space that is enough. Like, so what, what about, is my enough? I, and what, I'm genuinely trying to understand. What about like Rayo and Honey? Like they're now in Target. But that's I don't know. That's her thing. That's amazing. That's dope. I don't I don't think just because you're in Target, you intrinsically sold okay, out. Okay, that's what I'm getting out. Okay, good. Okay. Just because that's, you're in business doesn't Im- immediately mean I that agree. you like Patagonia, like they uh-huh. have uh what is it called? Lush. They have a cooperative where many people can mm-hmm. own their business. There's many yeah. ways that you can establish your business and just because you make a lot of money doesn't mean that you Lucy's got you. Yep. But the fact that they are doing a business thing and they are expanding their market and they sold out so that they can scale up. I guess my question is why, what do, and they did it as black owner. Why them being black, does that change this? Um, does that change anything? Is they're going to do. Genetics? I'm dead ass. I'm dead <laughs> why? ass why do we think that, why are we shocked that black, like you're still a capitalist. You're still following this certain type of, process like they're doing what they they they're doing to me it feels like wow you have a really successful business i hope that they don't um if their formula gets fucked up if if that's if procter and gramble cuts them cuts the products because of the prices of the ingredients that's where they fucked up but i'm not mm-hmm. mad that white girls that's are where it would be using awful. rosemary oil and maybe i'm fucked up Maybe that's no, awful. I think, Maybe I, I, think they, I think the anger around that was that it was no longer available. It was sold out everywhere. So now the solution is, okay, I'm going to make it readily available. And she still can't win. But just, I don't know. Interesting. Just, that's just the way. If anyone else has some other ideas around it, I'd love to hear about that. Because I always wondered about that with you. But it makes, it makes sense um, what you're saying, how your business is set up. Hmm. Uh... Moving right along, pop culture. This is petty and probably has no business being on this outline. But I was watching, I was on the internet. I was on the Instagrams. And there is a brilliant little TikTok going around where this woman is breaking down Prince Prince Harry. He got him and Megan. I think the thing about it is... I think the thing about it is right now that they keep wanting to be out of the spotlight, but they won't take themselves out of the spotlight. And I think it's tricky because they also have to maintain their lifestyle because they have to afford their security. Do they? 
And yes, they need, they absolutely need security. You, you obviously didn't watch that little Netflix thing. Oh, I thought you meant secure. I I thought you meant like the metaphysic of security. No, like actual security guards and like cameras uh, in their home and systems. And Mm. they need that. And that is a very expensive expense. They had to flee to Tyler Perry's house and he had to put up cameras and stuff for them. Um, So I get it. I I do get that aspect of it, but damn, they don't shut up and they spilling all the beans, Joe. He got it. He wrote a little book. He wrote a book. Right in. He said he has said that his brother and him came to fisticuffs over Megan and over them conspiring to put out malicious stories about her with the British tabloids. He also cited Camilla in it and basically said Camilla wasn't shit. His mama knew she wasn't shit and that she was never going to be shit. And I just thought it was funny. All this work that the the, the royal family has done Unraveled. to try to revive her reputation. And he's just like, boo, nope. Let me put you on the game real quick. He also said that his brother demanded Did that he shave his beard. Hey, I said that's the most hating this shit. Jealous? Oh, you jealous that you had he to get married looking his like that? Virginity. He talks about killing people in Afghanistan. Harry killed people. He's not well. I'm worried about him. I just and the book is juicy, and the royalty is the ghetto. It sounds like oh no, it's a mess. The ghetto. It is. It is absolutely the uh, a reality show, but a tragic. I just, I I think, I hope, my hope is that the book more so talks about his ability to hold all these things at once and is like a true reflection on his life thus far and how he, how he reckons with it all. I hope that it, that he's citing these things as just, as a means to tell the story so that we understand the work that he's doing. I I just don't want it to be this tell all I'm a spill all my beans kind of vibe. That would make me sad for him. Well, that's how the people are marketing it. That's of course, because they're getting tea. Like, but oftentimes girl. then you get the book and the tea was just there because they needed to explain their stand, their standing and their story. And so you could really relate or empathize or whatever the case is we gonna find out but i i'm tired of listen harry i i also saw a tweet with it they were like they were they had all these fakes um terry tweets that they were tweeting you gotta go on twitter and they were like i the the best part of the book was when harry had said that it was when megan wrapped her hair up in a bonnet (laughs) and protected her fresh blowout that he knew he wanted to protect her forever and I was like, I hate it. He wanted us. to protect her like the satin bonnet that she yeah. wears every night. <laughs> I can't. I was like, you know what? Y'all get on my nerves. But that is stupid. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm. I'm. I need Megan and Harry to hush for a little bit. And you know who what? else needs to hush? Gwen Stefani. Gwen Why? Stefani said that she's Japanese in an interview with some magazine. Why won't like, you Yo, let Gwen. me let her be who she is? Let me look this up. They said Gwen. You'd be appropriate like a mug. Like you stole the whole Harajuku Japanese style. Mm-hmm. Like you appropriate. And she was like, 
I am, she like was flippantly like, my God, I'm Japanese. And I didn't even know. She's like, really? I am. And she didn't actually go into her ethnic background. I think she said just because her dad, she grew up with like Japanese culture and she loved Japanese culture and she's gone to Japan. That, that makes her Japanese. And Oh, well, you Indian girl. Congrats. I'm Indian. <laughs> you are. I'm Indian. You're African. Stefani described her father's stories of Japanese street performers cosplaying as Elvis Presley with colorful (laughs) hair when she grew older. She traveled to Harajuku. What? She's losing. Gwen Stefani was a bad bitch. Appropriation and all. Gwen Stefani's style was. What if she's really Japanese? I don't think so. Roxanne Gay tweeted, Gwen Stefani's publicist may be busy today. (laughs) (laughs) She crazy. But she's really canceling herself out because she really is a style icon and nobody believes it anymore because she's She's not. She's appropriated the whole style. She ain't come up with that. She just was like, oh, that's cool. appropriation. See, that's where, that's where I'm unpopular opinion. Mm Mm-hmm. The way that Gwen Stefani dressed, I was never mad at her. I was never like, maybe with the reggae stuff. She did do reggae stuff. She was she reggae s- for a little while. She swore she was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she swore she was in the Bob Marley. She swore she was like, um, she was Sean a Paul or for a while. Yeah, she did. But even that, I wasn't mad. If her I was lamp, a rich girl, when she mixed the red, green, and yellow. With the fucking leopard cheetah print? I said, wow, go off, Gwen. I, I do listen, not care about I Gwen. I support her. I support Gwen. You know, she married that country singer, and it gets tricky when you mind. do things like that. She's well, happy, though. Shout yeah. out and shout out to her if she's Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> I got though. How you say I'm sorry? <laughs> I'm sorry in Japanese. Listen, in other news... I'm not still following, or I never was. I I have to be honest. My age is showing. Young Thug, Gunna, all of these things. Mm. The I want to say the YSL, but I know that's wrong. Whatever Mm. the crew they're in, YSL is clothes. I don't know what it is, but they, a whole Gunna got out. Apparently, Gunna didn't. They people saying he snitched because he's out of there. Who knows? Who's Gunna? But like? more importantly, a juror skipped out on Young Thug's trial because they already had a trip to DR schedule. I was like, this is the most Atlanta shit ever. And the judge, instead of holding them in contempt of court, which they absolutely can for not uh, carrying out their civic duty, sentenced her to write a 30-page paper on the importance of jury duty and told her that she he is going to run it through systems to check for plagiarism and it's due i think by monday or something girl i'd be not like ju- send me to jail shut up send me to jail not the due yeah. date girl that woman she old she do old you know how long a 30 page paper is is it double spaced i i would You're be right. so stressed 30 page I'll just be like, that is so bad to be breaking. Um, <laughs> I've given a history of 
when the how would you plot it out what would you write that's right because you got to have a thesis create my thesis of why it's important because it's foundational to getting the diversity that is needed to get a just decision Mm. people the convicts uh convicts the Mm. I don't, they're not convicts because they weren't they're convicted. They're not convicts. They are mm, the people that are on trial, child. That's the word I would use too. The people that are on trial, trial depend <laughs> on the public. Defendants. The defendants. Okay. De- yeah, I would go in and I'll go into the history but of then, creating So then it. would you would you cite cases where like the jury, would you say, and here's an example, like, you know, this yeah. jury that was diverse, da 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 it. Yeah. 30 pages you got to go back to when it was founded why it was was founded founded. Mm -hmm. and the history of it bringing yeah and then tie a whole bunch of cases of black and it's oh and then i put it into race it is indeed pivotal for defendants Mm. of african-american heritage because throwing a fucking 30 kill a mockingbird and shit (laughs) wait what (laughs) i sight to kill a mockingbird i go in listen I, I saw that and I said, I love that judge. And it's probably, listen, we, again. That woman is 39 years old. Do we really want, old. do we really want to break these systems? We don't yes. want jail. We want to be reformed. We try to be abolitionists. This judge seems to be revolutionary. Is that he could have thrown her in jail. Yeah. He could have easily been like, you in contempt of court. Bye. You get locked up. So but instead, he said, you need pages? to understand the errors of your ways. DR was not that important. Now, write this paper. I feel like you would do that as a judge. I, I feel, feel like, like I that's exactly <laughs> what you would <laughs> That would be what you did as a judge. I'd be like, fine, of $1,500. You'd be like, you should write a $300. Because you're a capitalist. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually the true one that's trying fine. to do this work. <laughs> Like, like, yo, yo, give me $1,500 and, uh, and uh, I'll, it's under the rug. Cash Corruption. Shanti's a part of the swamp. <laughs> Let me just say oh, something God. real quick. Oh, quick, go okay, ahead. Okay, go ahead. Say something. Say it. I'll bring, I'll bring it up on the next episode, but we are in a place in technology where you can tell an AI computer to write a 30 page paper about this specifically and it will produce it with little to no errors things will be cited it is happening no yes Antoinette no. it's happening mm-hmm. and there we're at a place where we can't tell where the AI wrote something and where a human wrote it where you have read that at <sighs> My artsy boy, my artsy nerdy boy. He keeps Shanti me. And her he's sources. like, Shanti, you need this for your captions for Instagram. Y'all need to use this for da 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 da. I was like, Jojo, you need to use this for this paper that this teacher just. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting tricky out here. Wow. All right. On the next episode of Around Away Curls, finally, TLC. Since we're talking about polyamory so much, because my polyamorous queen. My co-host, who's really, you're not even polyamorous. You're just a polyamorous, what are you? You're just a supporter. Um, TLC has a new show coming out. Oh, I don't have a clip ready. I have stress. They have a new show coming out called Seeking Brother Husbands. Have you seen this at all, Shanti? I saw, saw, yes, I saw the clips of it. And I just, I thought it was very interesting. I thought it was a fresh take. 
Because most often we're seeing men in relationships with multiple women. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the case on this show. So I don't have TLC. If anybody wants to email me their password so that I could watch it, I would so appreciate it. Isn't that just like cable? Do people still have cable? If it's still cable. No, I think TLC is not included in every cable subscription. I don't know. That ain't the point of this. But. I would like to see it. I would like to see how they approach it. And if it if they're doing like real work with it and like, you know, trying to break down all of the rules and systems, especially that we have with women. But let's let's listen up. Polyandry is the practice of one woman having multiple husbands, but those husbands cannot have any other partners. Husbands who love me. <laughs> There's definitely like a double standard. When a female has multiple partners, it's oh my gosh, she's such a slut. She sleeps around. How is it the sleeping situation? Not all one room. No. Uh, I'm on room and then she shares a room with him. Oh. You know, you were the first man I let my partner you know, can be with. I was watching my partner fall for another man right before my eyes. And how are you going to juggle three guys like that? That was too long. Monty, can you cut like half of that out? But, and I said it wrong. It's polyandry. That's what they're calling it. And I just thought it was very interesting. These these men are not allowed to have other partners. She is the only partner, and they don't seem to be partnered with each other either. They just Oh, they're not allowed to have other partners. That was the whole point of the. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know that. You ain't hear that? I yeah, just, girl. I didn't know the the stipulations for them. They are not mm. allowed to have other partners. Polyandry. It's not polyamory, but it's related. Thoughts. That sounds exhausting. In a particular way. Uh oh. Does it? I I thought to it. I thought, wow, it sounds like that she would have a lot of help. That's what I thought. <laughs> a lot of help. Interesting. Yeah. If there's hmm. if there's two men or three men or whatever, multiple men, and they're all partnered with you, fulfilling your needs, I'm like... I wonder if you have to have a lot of sex. Probably. I feel like men have higher sex. And again, I'm going by stereotypes, but... Hmm. Go, shout out to them. Shout out to TLC for showing us the new possibility. Could you That's do it? That's right. No, I, I don't think I would want to do marriage. I don't know if they're And all I don't married. think I would want them... I don't think it would be um you can't they can't see other people. Mm. Your true, your free love. And I don't know, yeah, it's the like all in the same house part that I don't think I I don't want you know me. I don't want it didn't my other sound like they were see. all doing that though. They that weren't was all just doing one, that? No, that was just oh. one group where yeah, she I actually I would not want to all be all in the same house, you seeing how I relate to him because that would affect yeah, no, let's, let's keep it see. See, I Love this. Oh, <laughs> surprise. I love this. Out of all not, out of all the options, I would like one person. I'm being very clear about that. And maybe we open it up in like 20 years, but, you know, it's tricky. But this, if I were to enter an, into any kind of relationship that had multiple people, this feels the safest to me because it's always comes down to sex and keeping myself sexually safe. If I'm having sex with three people and they're not having sex with anybody else, I trust myself. I'm not going to do anything else. We're all safe. And then 
I get to have all kinds of different kinds of sex and loving experiences and relationships with beautiful people, men. Word. Really, my tie up, even in dating multiple people, is always around yeah. sex. sex. It's always around Same my sex. sexual health. Health. Mm-hmm. And so I just um I just you gotta falter. have a lot I of trust, boy. That is a whole trust fault, Ooh. and I sure don't. Oh, so I'm like, can you just date me? Because Diddy once? was definitely having unprotected sex. Talk about it. So it's no way. There's no way that all of those women that their pH is together. It can't <laughs> be. It can't. It really can't. Like that's not how bodies work. It's okay. just not how bodies work. So I just, I, I wrapping not my head around it. The same science as that young boy, the young cardiologist. <laughs> <laughs> that you is not somebody, how bodies wait, wait, work. You never <laughs> had somebody cheat on you and you, and your no. vagina reacts and you know it. And you're like, you never had that. Well, shout out to you. <laughs> you was a mm-hmm. lucky shout out to all the listeners who know the, who's <laughs> nodding their heads like mm-hmm, they didn't gave me BV or and that, mm. and it's not a sexually transmitted disease, but it's just when you're your pH up, your pH is off, and you like make me so on? upset. And, and for like- for young people who don't know that, if you just randomly get BV all of a sudden, nine times out of ten. And and if you hadn't ch- you haven't changed any of your habits, like you're not staying in very wet workout clothes, sweaty workout clothes, you're, you're cleaning yourself properly, your diet hasn't changed, and you're having sex with somebody that's unprotected, they have had sex with someone else, and they are throwing your pH. This off. is God talking. Sorry to, to sorry. This is somebody just what dropped Kiki their bagel. Say? They was eating a bagel and it fell. She no. spilled her drink. She said, Oh my God, this I, nigga was cheating on me. Yes. I, it's God what did she say? When she's like, This might not be what you want to hear. What does that girl say, Kiki? Girl. I forget. She was always saying that, that little Which sentence. girl, Kiki Palmer? Yeah, when she was like, This, like, some round of information you don't want to hear. Look, we no. sound old. I, I love Kiki. Up. First of all, I fucking love Kiki. Shout out to her being oh, pregnant as well. Her. That is my boo. I love her. With the best well, for her. All these anyway. women have a baby. All these successful women having their little Stedmans on the side. Oprah ran. What is it? Oprah crawled so you could run. <laughs> Walk, bitch. Audio. That's where this, this, ep- <laughs> this episode took. Oprah cra- ran, crawled so you could run and walk and jog. <laughs> And swim. Oprah paved the way. She said, "That's my nigga. Mind your business." <laughs> that's how all these young girls are doing. That might be now. the name of the episode. All right, y'all. That's it. We're back. Two episodes into the year. I don't know what we learned from this, but I just want you to know that uh, we will have around the way affirmations coming because I put put Shanti on high alert. Oh my god! I said the people need they need them, but this is not an episode where we need that so with that i think we are out good night everyone you have just heard an around the way curls john follow them on twitter at atw curls and instagram at around the way curls we out early <laughs> very good